Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. I hope we don't just stop there. What an awesome Sunday morning so far. I mean, to have Joe play, which is just beautiful each and every time, but then to have two new lives that we're celebrating in Jesus Christ this morning, and that's something that we are all part of. So a round of applause for all of you and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your hearts. At this time, we'll bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are just grateful for what we see you doing despite what we see in this world. It's not that we expect this world to be perfect or sinless. We, we know we see the news, we know what's going on, but we have hope in what you have done. And we have hope in your promise that you have made for us. I just pray that you use us to share that message with whoever it is that you choose to bring into our lives, Lord. We pray this in the name of Jesus who makes all of this possible. Amen. We are in our sermon series, Testing Our Assurance. See, the idea is, and something we never want to forget, is this. Once you come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ, you cannot lose your salvation. One more time. I want to say that one more time. Once you come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ, you cannot lose your salvation. That's better. Jesus himself says, no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And he's speaking about those who have saving faith in the work in which he has done for us. In the 14th century, scientists discovered an acid-base indicator. Has anybody ever heard of the term litmus test? Heard that term before, litmus test? This term came from the 14th century discovery of this acid-based indicator. Litmus comes from the organic compounds containing lichen. The organic compounds turn red in acid-based solutions, and they turn blue in alkaline-based solutions. Church, we have our own litmus test. We can test the spirits. We have a built-in indicator so that we can test the spirits. And that's something that we can never forget either. As we're confident in our salvation and what Jesus has done for us, we can take that confidence because of the Holy Spirit living within us and we can allow Him to help us test the spirits along the way. Scripture has given us our very own litmus test, a test to determine if a particular spirit is of the world or if a particular spirit is of God. And this brings us to the title of our sermon this morning. The title for our sermon is this, Spiritual Litmus Test. Spiritual litmus test. We're going to be in the text of 1 John chapter 4. 
verses 1 through 6. I'll give you a moment there to turn in your Bibles. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Last week, we were encouraged in the notion that salvation belongs to those who believe, love, and obey in the name of Jesus Christ. Also, we noticed that we are a reference, which is amazing. We are a reference on His resume, the Lord of the universe, the author of salvation, the creator of the cosmos has asked us to be His reference on His resume so we can show others His work. We can vouch for Him. Today we're going to learn how to listen to those who correctly teach the Bible. And that's something that we can't forget. We are going to learn how to listen to those who correctly teach the Bible. And ultimately, we're going to learn how to perform our own spiritual litmus test. And I was getting a little tripped up there because I'm about ready to say, let's get into the text. We're going to look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. God's word states this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Amen. When we look at these verses this morning, this is exactly what we see in the text. Only listen to spirits who confess that Jesus came as God in human flesh. One sentence to define these six verses is this. Only listen to spirits who confess that Jesus came as God in human flesh. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But let's ask a question. The question is this. What does, as the Bible says, what does Jesus has come in the flesh reveal? What does Jesus has come in the flesh reveal? Jesus has come in the flesh reveals this. The message is about he, not me. The good news, the gospel, the good news of salvation for hell-deserving sinners, that message, that message is about he, not me. Not you, not anybody in this room. It's all about Jesus and what Jesus has done for us. So, what is skepticism? What is it? What is the definition of skepticism? We can define skepticism like this. Doubt as to the truth of something. Very simple. Skepticism is simply that. It's the doubt of the truth of something. So, 
as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, is it okay for us to be skeptical? Can we be skeptical and get away with it? Is God okay with us being skeptical? Do vaccinations exist and cause autism? Is the world flat? Is global warming a real phenomenon? Are ghosts real? Are demonic spirits real? Are any of these things that I just mentioned real? See, if you believe that they are, or if you believe that they are not, how do you even know? What is it that you have to do to find out if these things are real? Have you researched and investigated any of these things mentioned to actually have an answer as to why you think the world may not be flat or why you think the world is flat or why vaccinations and vaccines cause autism or maybe they don't cause autism? Do you do your research? Have you investigated further? See, church, as Christians... As believers in Jesus, we should investigate and research ourselves. Or should we take someone's word for it just because they quoted a verse from the Bible? Is that what we should do? Should we just, you know, take so-and-so's word for it because they use scripture to formulate and add to their opinion? Or Should we actually do some investigation for ourselves? Let's take a look at these first three verses again. Verses 1 through 3. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come into the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. If we believe that the Holy Spirit exists this morning, Having these baptisms, one of the questions we asked both of these young ladies was, do you believe that your baptism represents the Holy Spirit living within your heart? And both ladies said yes. So if we believe that the Holy Spirit exists, if we believe that He lives within our hearts, then we best believe that evil, demonic spirits exist too. This is why John writes this right here. He says, beloved, do not believe every spirit. Church, this is a warning. We are being warned. A warning against those who teach a false gospel. Those who actually teach the bad news, claiming that they're teaching the good news. A warning against those who distort the good news of salvation through the person and work of Jesus Christ. So, what is it exactly that we're being told to do as we look at verse 1? Look at verse 1. What is it that we're being told to do? John wrote, 
but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. First question. Who was the first false prophet to go out into the world? Satan. He is the source of all false teaching. How do we know that this is true? I want to read to you from Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. The Bible is our source, so we are going to go straight to the text. Genesis 3, verses 1 through 5. Listen. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Do you recognize what's going on here? Do you see what's going on here? All false teaching is a big fat lie with just enough truth sprinkled on top to get you to eat it. So, again, I ask the question, is it okay for Christians to be skeptical? Is God okay with us having a bit of skepticism? You bet your bottom dollar he is. The last one you have. And this is why we run every teacher teaching and preaching. The spirit behind that preacher and teacher, the one motivating whoever's preaching and teaching through a spiritual litmus test. Church, false teachers use Bible verses as the truth that's sprinkled on top of the big fat lie. Sometimes the big fat lie is what we need to look at. Sometimes we need to look at the overarching theme of what they're saying and not get caught up with the fact that they just sprinkled a few verses on top to get you to buy in. Sometimes we need to step back and see what is it that this individual is actually promoting. So, it's easy to say We need to run everything through a spiritual litmus test, but then the question must be asked, how do we run everything through a spiritual litmus test? Let's look at verse 2 in the very beginning of verse 3. God's word tells us that by this we know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. What does this verse mean, or these verse and a half. What does this verse and a half mean? What is it that John's actually trying to get across to us? How can you apply these verses to your spiritual litmus test? See, if the teacher you're sitting under confesses, as it says here, that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, if your teacher confesses that, he's really telling you two things. It's this simple, and this is how we conduct the test. 
Two things. He's telling us either A, the Holy Spirit lives within his heart, the one teaching, or B, it's all about Jesus, not you. You needed Jesus to die for your sin. That's what he should be teaching you. If you're sitting under somebody's teaching, if you're sitting underneath somebody's preaching, they should be telling you that it's all about Jesus, not you. You needed Jesus to die for your sin. You can't do it on your own. But that's not always what happens. If the teacher in which you're sitting under, as it says, does not confess Jesus is not from God, if that's what's being done, he's telling you either one of two things again. The one who does not confess Jesus is not from God is saying the Holy Spirit does not live in his heart. That's obvious. And then the second thing that this teacher would be telling you is this. It's all about you, not Jesus. Now, that sounds rather simplistic. It's a bit more complicated than that. It's not so obvious all the time. Which is why we should be skeptical in the first place. It's why we should have a bit of skepticism. In fact, I encourage you to be skeptical of everything I teach and preach here at Villa's Grace. I encourage you to do the same for Pastor Jared, for Pastor Steve, Pastor Israel. Whoever it is that's teaching to you, you should have some skepticism, and that's okay. For those of you that believe I'm being a bit judgmental, on what a false teacher is and not. Let's just go back to the text because what does verse 3 say? What does the rest of verse 3 say? It says this. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. Church, they can't all be from God. It's okay for us to be a bit skeptical. Not everybody who preaches in a church, not every pastor, not everybody on TV, not everybody on the radio, not everybody who got reshared and reposted on your social media that came through your feed, just because they're talking about God using Scripture, what they're saying doesn't necessarily mean that they have the Holy Spirit living within them. Now, we're not being told to judge whether or not they're saved. That's not our job. We don't sit on the judgment seat. But we can judge whether or not what they're teaching is from God. Is this from, is this being motivated by, is this person convicted by the Holy Spirit living in their heart? And this is why we're saying this morning, only listen to spirits who confess that Jesus came as God in human flesh. Only listen to spirits that claim that, who confess that, who claim that you can't do it on your own, but he can. That's why we're asking the question this morning. What does Jesus has come in the flesh reveal? When John writes, Jesus has come in the flesh, it reveals this. The message is about he, not me. Did you know that the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services is actually responsible for the accuracy of gas station pumps? This is the department that oversees the checks and balances between units of gas and prices. 
So would you pay for gas from a pump that was rejected for its accuracy? Would you? Well, what if it was rejected because it was in your favor? Would you pay then? Is it fair to the gas station that you pay less for more gas? But what if it's flipped? And what if you're paying more for less gas? Isn't it rather convenient for us to have a regulated state department? Each state in all 50 states has a department that oversees that we're paying exactly what we should be for however much gas that we actually pump. So when you go to the gas station and you look at the pump, there is uh, not this seal actually here in Florida. I'm not going to get into the details because it's rather political right now. But you will see or hear and read the commissioner's name. But this guarantees us when you're pumping your gas, you're getting exactly what you should get because it's exactly what you paid for. Let's look again at verses 4 through 6. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Do you know why we listen? Do you know why we don't want to listen to self-empowered motivational rhetoric? Do you know why we don't want to listen to that type of talk, that type of speech? Because of what verse 4 says. It says this, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Again, what did Satan really say to Eve in the garden? Basically, he said, oh, you don't need God. You just need your eyes to be open like God. See, that's the lie. Satan wants us to think that we don't really need God. We just need to be like God. God. Remind me, because I need to be reminded here. Where was the serpent? Where does it say in Genesis 3? Where, where was the serpent? Where was he? Oh, yeah, that's right. He was in the garden, right? Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. So we're, we're going through 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6 right now. And we went back to Genesis 3, and we recognized that the serpent was in the garden. That's right, that's right. So there's no way, I mean, seriously, there is no way that the serpent would ever be in the church. Beloved. Trust the built-in check system that the Lord has given you. It's okay to be skeptical because sometimes the Holy Spirit will say either this teaching is from God or this teaching is not from God. Trust He who is in you. 
He who is in you reminds you how much you need Jesus. He who is in you guides you towards sound biblical teaching. He who is in the world thinks like the world. He who is in the world is limited like the world is limited. He who is in the world says, live your best life now. Go ahead. Live your best life now. I see it all the time. I love social media. Kind of. Sometimes it breaks my heart. Sometimes it breaks my heart to see people that I've known for years post some of the stuff that they post. Whether it's from somebody who's a false teacher and they're reposting it because they think that it's a good message, or if it's because they're taking a picture on their vacation saying, living my best life. Church, no, no. It doesn't work like that. See, we can have three lives. A cat has nine, we have three. Who got the better end of the deal? We did. Your life before Christ, your life after coming to know Christ, and then eternal life. We spend our first life before Christ living for us. We spend our next life after coming to new life in Christ, sharing the gospel, the good news. And then we have hope in our eternal life that's yet to come. This is why verse 5 says this, they are from the world, therefore they speak from the world. So what do false teachers sound like? The world. Here's a real quote from a real false teacher. A real quote from a real false teacher. And I quote, The reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. Let me read that one more time. The reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. Sounds good, doesn't it? This false teacher quoted this many years ago. It's still making its rounds on social media, still being shared by many. Because basically what he's saying is, hey, you know what it's really like behind the scenes in your life. You know what it's like not to have the makeup on. And you're just watching everybody else as they have theirs all on and dolled up and ready to go to the Saturday night dance. So you're comparing what you perceive to be ugly to everybody else's beauty. So that sounds good, doesn't it? Well, according to the world, it sounds good. We all know that we're insecure. There's not one of us in here that's not insecure. We all know that we are insecure. So that message, that teaching there starts to resonate, doesn't it? And I'm showing you how the false teachers work. We all know that social media isn't really just anything other than people's highlight reels. We all see that. We don't post the bad stuff. We don't post pictures of us in the mirror as a selfie brushing our teeth first thing in the morning saying, just getting rid of that morning breath. We don't do that, do we? No! We post the good stuff, the highlight reel. See, according to the world, this teaching is great. It resonates. Do you know what the real problem is with this quote? 
See, the, the real problem with this quote is this, and when we start breaking it down and start getting into what's actually being taught here is this. The axiom of this quote is living your best life now. See, this quote's origin begins and ends with this mentality. That's why we use the word axiom. It begins and ends with the idea that you're living your best life now. See, church, we're not insecure because we compare ourselves to other people's highlight reels. That's not why we're insecure. I'm not insecure because I'm comparing myself to Joe Schmo. This is spiritually shallow, spiritually narrow-minded thinking to think that that's the reason why I'm really truly insecure. That's not. We're insecure because we're sinful. I don't need Joe Schmo to make me insecure. I'm insecure because of my sin. Sure, you may compare yourself to others. We all do that. But we don't do so for any other reason other than the fact that we're insecure because of our sin. Church, this is why John writes this. He says, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in you due to your faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in him for the only salvation from your sinfulness. Jesus is the only answer to our sin. Which our sin is the root of our insecurities. Jesus will always dig to the root of the issue. Every time. Jesus will never remain surface level in your life. He has put his spirit in your heart to go to the root of the issue, not to remain surface level. Whereas false teachers don't even own a shovel. I want to look at verse 6 here. We are from God. Amen? I'm going to say that one more time. We are from God. It also says, whoever knows God listens to us. If you know God, you should want to hear sound biblical teaching. Simply quoting verses does not count. Simply quoting verses does not get the job done. Truly confessing that Jesus came in the flesh does. Truly teaching why he came in the flesh is what we need. Don't be like it is and like it says in the middle of verse 6 where it says this. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. Do you want to live your best life now? I mean, I'm sorry, but if you do, that means one thing. If you want to live your best life now, your next life will be in hell. Our best life is yet to come. Or do you want to be continually learning how to conduct a spiritual litmus test? Do you want to be led to believe that your eyes will be opened like God's? Or realize that you are blind and only see by His light? 
because of what he did on the cross for our sin. What light is that? Jesus Christ, who has come in the flesh. If any teaching ever leads you to believe that you are empowered to do it on your own, run. Only be attracted to teaching that reminds you of what Jesus has done for you and that you can do all things through him. That doesn't mean you can go out and do whatever you want. It means no matter what obstacle you're up against, no matter what it is that you face in your life, you can overcome and still share his good news because at the end of the day, no matter what happens in our life, it's all about us sharing the gospel. And if we ever get sidetracked from sharing the good news of salvation, for hell-deserving sinners through the person and work of Jesus Christ, we are missing the mark. And this is exactly why we said this today. Only listen to spirits who confess that Jesus came as God in human flesh. And it's the reason why we ask this specific question. What does, as John writes, Jesus has come in the flesh reveal? It reveals that the message is about he, not me. Heavenly Father, your word is powerful. I just pray that we can be responsible and obedient to you as we continue to move forward. I pray that you use us in a way to share your truth with others. We want to see more people being baptized because of what you have done. We want to pray for our community and opportunities to do so directly and also want to pray for the greater area as we disperse from here that we can start to think about ways in which we can share your message by the ways in which we live our lives. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus who makes it possible. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.